Welcome to the Koyo Conversations podcast. Um, today I am joined by Fiona Lim, the Alliance Manager at Koyo. And we're here today to talk about bias. Um, it's great to be having this discussion today with you, Fiona, and particularly on the run up to International Women's Day 2022, which is on the 8th of March. And we all know this isn't just about that day. Um, and it's so important that we talk about bias all of the time. We have a huge responsibility within ourselves, within the workplace. And the theme for International Women's Days this year is hashtag break the bias. So it's really important that we um, all have a collective responsibility in breaking the bias. Um, it's important in the workplace. It's important all around as well. We are all individually responsible for our actions and our thoughts. It's not just about you know, International Women's Day, it's about raising awareness all the time and always thinking about bias. So let's talk about bias then. What is bias, Fiona? Well, I think, um, you know, just to your point there in terms of us looking at bias, you know, as addressing bias all of the time in the world around us, when we were discussing International Women's Day and the word bias itself, I was really interested in kind of how it affects our language and almost where the word came from. So like you say, you know, where does where does bias come from? We see it as a very professional word now, you know, we're very proactive or it's almost turned itself into a into a verb, you know, to you know, to be biased and to have bias. It's something we really need to be able to control in our own kind of conscious and subconscious. So from a language perspective, it's really, really interesting. So I was looking into like the etymology of the word bias and actually it comes from a very sort of practical and pragmatic origin can be tracked back to you know in the French language in the Latin language and originally meant a slant a slope you know a crosswise angle which is not something that we would necessarily use in day-to-day -day language now but you know it was going back for sport it meant that basically something was weighted to one side so they used it in bowls so obviously if you were kind of almost cheating at bowls you know it would have the ball itself would have a bias or it would run on a diagonal for example and I just find that really that was really interesting that something that we have in our professional capacity in our day-to-day -day life actually has a has a sporting origin you know and it might be a concept that actually many of us would be familiar with so Julie I don't know if you watch a, a lot of sport I know I do um and especially at the moment with the Six Nations, so you've yeah. got the you've got rugby, and if the referee is, you know, I'm I'm definitely one for this. I support Ireland. Um, you know, if you feel the referee is making decisions that's weighted towards one team, you would say there's a biased referee, mm -hmm. and actually it can be very impactful. It can make you quite angry when something when you're actually visually watching something like that. You know, or an extension, it might be to do with a sibling, for example, you know, if a parent favours one child over another, you know, there might be bias there in our kind of sibling rivalries or some of the relationships we have on a day to day basis as well. So as you look into it, there's definitely ways in which bias can impact us, but not just in a professional, professional sense. Yeah. And I think what surprised me, actually, when you um, learn more about bias um, is just how many different types of bias there are, whether it be something like performance bias, which can be something that might be a deep rooted assumption that you make, you know, about, you know, is a man perceived to be, 
you know, better at something than a woman or, you know, how they underestimate a woman's ability, for example, attribution bias. So this is where we are less likely to be recognised, you know, as a gender for our accomplishments and, you know, more likely to be blamed for former states, for example. And I think, you know, there, there's others, there's, you know, like likability and uh, affinity bias, you know, and that's when, you know, you you like somebody because you feel an affiliation to, to who they are, you know, and you gravitate towards that person because you may not, you may be like them and less so towards other people who you may not, um, you know, have a, an affiliation with. So I think I've been really interested in the, the amount of, or, you know, sort of types of bias there are, which means as individuals, you have to be very, very aware you know, of how this can play out and certainly the snap judgments you might make because of all of this. And um, so that for me has been a, a big learning, um, you know, when having a look at, at bias and, and how this can, can impact us. Yeah, completely. And I think, as you mentioned there, you know, terms around gender bias, age bias, names mm. bias, you know, these are all extensions to actually that language around around bias that, you know, maybe yeah. 10 years ago, actually, we wouldn't have even been able to put a name to it um which is really which is really really interesting and i think um you're talking about awareness that i think that is most probably you know the language around bias but actually what we do with bias it's the awareness of it that's really really key you know and i i've done a, a bit of training and doing some of the research even for this podcast you know we're looking at conscious bias and unconscious yeah. bias so you know two different terms that also apply to you know to all of those biases you've mentioned there and it's about that awareness so having the conscious bias you know we might have a racial bias someone might actually be very particular about demonstrating they prefer one race over another and that would be conscious bias for example but actually almost the unconscious bias that we that we all have especially in the workplace could actually be that a little bit more dangerous because it it would influence us in ways that we weren't aware of and actually could be taken through to things like you know the hiring process or who we interact with so I know I work in alliances and, and the types of partners or the types of people that I associate with in in that particular area you know do I have unconscious bias to prefer one group over another and I think that's something I've become very reflective of in my own my own job as well so you know the unconscious bias being that it's learned it potentially it's like learned attitudes or beliefs and they're based on stereotypes that we're not aware of and like you say affinity plays into that so do we prefer someone who maybe has the same sense of humor as us or is into the same hobbies that sort of thing as well one of the um uh, and I've heard this before, actually, but I was reading about it, um, you know, on the run up to this this um, discussion today is how our, our brain processes like 11 million pieces of information every second. So naturally, we're only able to capture a very small part of that in one time, which is why our brain shortcuts and builds these stereotypes or forms these opinions. It's that gut instinct straight away and this is the whole thing this is where the bias really starts to kick in which is why we're having this discussion today is why you know it's talked about particularly you know hopefully all year round um you know through diversity inclusion efforts throughout the year but it, it it's about being aware when those moments happen and not saying right just because this person is xyz you know doesn't mean they can and we need to have a think about how that plays out um, in the workplace particularly as well 
Absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, you reference that, that, you know, the 11 million connections. I'm sure for me, that's only after I've had some coffee. But I think it's, um, you know, I think you're completely, you're completely right in the fact that actually, it's almost breaking down the barriers of the stereotypes we've already created, you know, up to this point in our lives and, and really kind of addressing how that that fits for us, but also, you know, as part of a, a group in the workplace and how that affects the overall culture of the organisation that we that we work in. And, you know, it's kind of reflecting on the bias itself. Actually, you know, the word itself has very negative connotations and it's all, you know, very much about injustice, unfairness, that yeah. sort of thing. And actually, it's about turning it into a positive situation and, and almost creating the reverse in the culture, you know, so that we have fairness, we have justice, open mindedness and, and almost neutrality across all of what would be those biases. So across gender, you know, age, affinity, uh, so that we can make very you know conscious decisions about how we actually go about our day to day lives. So, yeah, I think I think what you've referenced there is really important. You talked about um, culture just then as well, and this is really important um, because everything we're talking about here um, really allows culture to play out um, within an organisation. And we we use we've heard you know we constantly and I still hear it today the word cultural fit, and it's so subjective. And you know, and if I think about you know particularly when you're you're hiring people, if you're trying to hire people based on cultural fit. It can lead you kind of screening out people because you don't think they are like you or other people in the team, for example. You know, if they're not like us, they're not going to fit in. And I think that's a real miss because your, you know, cultural fit, it should be cultural dynamics, really. So what are they going to add to the team? What differences can they bring, you know, um, to really kind of light the fire within the team and bring the diverse thoughts and perspectives? So I think I still have a real struggle with cultural fit and I still hear it come up. And I'd love to see us talk about the cultural dynamic more so, so that we don't miss really good qualified candidates that bring something unique and something different as well. Yeah, definitely. I think I would definitely agree with you there in terms of of cultural fit, because like you say, it doesn't, you know, just because someone may have differences to us or actually approach, um, you know, projects or something in a different manner doesn't mean that they have less of an ability to to do the job or have the same outcome or receive, you know, or have the same success almost. And yeah, you're right. I think looking at those from a hiring perspective or looking at the group dynamic is is very, very important for sure. I mean, it extends itself almost to the word. I think I most probably feel the same about the word equality, which may be a little bit controversial because, you know, it is very much used in the context of International Women's Day. But I do feel quite strongly that necessarily we're not always after equality, but the equity so that actually we may have differences. And this comes across things like, say, for example, accessibility, that some may need more resources than others, but actually in equity, we find the equality overall. So it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to be treated the same in the group dynamic in order to be as successful, but that's not necessarily a negative thing either if you see what I mean so I do think it's the even in those words themselves like cultural fit equality equity their their context is changing um, and it's changing quite rapidly as well which is is I find really exciting I love language as you can most probably tell I find it really interesting um, how it can change culture as it progresses 
but also people almost fight against that because it's very easy to kind of hold on to traditions for example and how you almost present yourself the language that you use is very much ingrained in who we are as a person and to change that is actually is you know it's no mean feat to let go of those comfort barriers the traditions you know even really common phrases like man up for example a few years ago no one would have really questioned that it was very colloquial everyone used it across a group but now you know that's it, it's very negative and I think it's it's being able to change to recognize those biases and actually change them in our behavior that makes this a really important conversation mm-hmm. yeah and there's that amazing campaign wasn't there fight like a girl um, that ran several years ago, um, tied in with International Women's Day as well, um, which was brilliant and had a lot of weight, um, I think, and, and leaned very into, into that very nicely. What, what are some of the common pitfalls in language that we use? To be honest, I think, I mean, even when we were preparing for International Women's Day as a group, you know, we came together and, and, and almost questioned some of the language we used on a day-to-day basis already and how we could challenge and almost break that bias for us this year and like you say some of the the common uses or some of the pitfalls in a professional sense is using the word guys so like hi guys is across a you know can be used across a mixed a mixed gender group but actually by making very very simple changes like hi team hi everyone we're really addressing and choosing to to break the bias and actually use language that isn't associated to such you know a male dominated or a male preferred phrase and I think that's really important and these are really basic things that we could most probably take forward and really advocate for across the company and the organization but also you know share in our communities based on and how we're choosing to use language on a on a day-to-day basis you know yeah so what can the listener do Well, I was reflecting on this actually in terms of like, you know, what are some really practical steps, but also, you know, we need to to recognise and allow each other to to almost to almost fail in this, essentially, because when we look at breaking the bias and there is cultural change in terms of how we how we talk to each other, how we interact um, with different groups, you know, we have to allow each other to fail. So I think the key thing for me that I think anybody can do really is to is to practice is actually to look at when you're sending it an email how have you started off that email you know what's the the common phrase that you use you know what is something that's almost ingrained in you and can you can you change it is there an alternative that you feel really comfortable comfortable using the other thing I suppose just in in a group that I was I was thinking you know that would be would be good is for those that feel comfortable is to really advocate for each other when we're in group scenarios or group conversations and I really think that will kind of have a almost a waterfall effect uh, you know as the group and it would just become more common to say hi team rather than hi guys especially now as more women are entering the workplace and especially for us in a in a technology company you know we ha- we do have and are starting to have more and more women across a number of different roles in our organization so I think now is the time for that change and I think we can only do that by advocating and almost as women starting that ourselves because I know I've used 
use language you know manpower is another one I know I've used that language previously and it's about reflection and, and making small choices which hopefully over time you know will will break the bias I mean what about you Julie what do you think what do you think that people can do to kind of break the bias or set themselves up for success I echo everything you said there um you know 100% I think um it does start with ourselves and you know I agree I, I often have to catch myself you know when I say certain things as well I'm guilty of saying hi guys um having previously worked in a, a in an organization where it was sort of part and parcel of, of how you greeted people on the call so um it's a it's you know breaking that is is often hard so I think you're right, you have to kind of pause, have a think about, you know, think about how you're addressing people, think about the people in the room. And also it is about our behaviours generally as well. And when I think about, you know, the language that we use, which is so important, but I also think it's about actions as well. And I think creating that inclusive environment. So, you know, we have responsibilities for, for teams within, within our organisation. How do we make them feel heard? How do we make sure everybody has a voice around the table? And I think the responsibility is to check in on that and to make sure that, you know, the person who might be slightly quiet or subdued in the corner, that they do have their say or to check in on them to make sure that they feel they've got opportunity to talk as well. The other thing I have seen play out, um, you know, uh, not, not all the time, but uh, is interruption. So that's a big thing for me as well is where uh, and sometimes this is a sort of unconscious thing because you have you're sort of animated and excited and want to say something so the natural thing is to get it out but you know that's a real conscious thing as well to, is to just to just pause wait for your you know and then then speak versus you know talk over somebody who hasn't quite finished sharing their idea as well so I think there's some actions as well as some really you know sort of conscious thinking about the language that we use you know with with others as well so taking it to the next stage where then what what resources might help us all get better in this space? So I think the first port of call and what I'd recommend to anyone is to go and have a look at the International Women's Day website. There's a number of different resources for individuals, for organisations to kind of tap into really, you know, especially around break the bias, but also they've had a number of themes over the years. So actually, if it's an area you know when you're looking at diversity and inclusion overall in terms of your company culture there's some fantastic resources on there so that's definitely the first one and they're also doing uh, offering a training course with another charity called lean in and they're doing 50 ways to fight bias um, so there's a training course there as well so if you do think it's something that would be good for your company or even for yourself to do a little bit more research on those are definitely two places i would i would start Thank you. Amazing. It's been really great talking to you, Julie. Thanks so much for having me on the Coeo Conversations podcast. It's uh, it's actually my first podcast, so it's been really enjoyable. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today, Fiona, uh, to discuss bias and importantly, how we can break the bias. Um, I really love that gender related conversations and activities are certainly on the rise, but we must continue to step up um, to be aware of the significant impact that bias has on women's equality, both conscious and unconscious bias. Um, we need to call it out. We need to help people learn. We need to break the bias. I hope you all take the opportunity to join the conversation uh, for International Women's Day using hashtag break the bias. Thank you.